You know, my boss got COVID twice, and uh, he thank he kind of recognized me. And he goes, "Man, I don't know how you you've gone this whole time without COVID. Thanks for holding the place down and all that." And I'm like, "I'll tell you how I've avoided COVID. Three things. Number one, I focused on my." building up my immune system, getting a lot of good sleep, taking vitamin D, taking multivitamins, taking zinc, and really working on that immune system. Number two, I got vaccinated to help uh, reinforce that that, uh, protection. And number three, I hate people. I stay away from them. Hey everybody, it's Still Sober with John Raven, episode 184. It's the second one of the year! Once again, Jesus Christ, John. Let's see, got a mental note. Change the date to 2022. For each that yeah, this is the second time in a week, or second episode of the year, and both times I've put twenty twenty one. I'll eventually get that correct. New year, hooray! How are you doing? I hope uh, if you're a sober person, I hope you're staying sober. If you're not a sober person, I hope you're staying sane. And with that in mind, um. My uh, my wife mentioned that maybe I might want to to mention something about detox on my podcast because, and it makes sense because it's the beginning of the year and a lot of people doing uh, the New Year's resolutions, which um, I am I am keeping to my uh, spite resolution that I said I was going to do. Um, and it's one of those things where I missed, you know, I've missed... Uh, Two days out of the uh, uh, the, the ten days that the, of the new year, but I'm still going because you don't go, you don't just throw your hands up because you because you fucked up. You keep going. I'm taking it. I'm I'm approaching my resolution as like like with recovery, which is like you fuck up, you just keep going. You don't go. Well, that's it. Well, you're not going to do it anymore. Nope, I'm stopping. But uh, you could just uh, keep going. You you have it all. Nope, nope. That was it. the The chain of days in a row is done. I'm I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm not going to do that. So I'm going to stick with it. Which my resolution was to do uh, the, that exercise that I you know I do pull ups one day, push ups the next day, and then you know yeah I'm I'm gonna th- and. Like I like I said, uh, I'll do cardio when I want to do cardio, and fuck your leg day. I'll I'll do what I I I'll do what I can. All right, I'm 48. Leave me alone. This sounds just sounds like me arguing with a voice in my head, which could be. Um. So here's the thing about detox. <laughs> it's and it's funny that uh, that you know. I don't know. My wife 
mentioned that I should say something, you know, oh, you should talk about it. Well, the problem with it is that I don't know anything about detox. Like that I didn't need to detox in order when I stopped. Um, I can tell you about withdrawals. I can tell you about uh, coming off of, actually that's okay, Not I guess not detox, but uh, coming off of, you know, I used to go through uh, withdrawals from heroin because I was on probation. Uh, I don't know if you've just if you've just started listening to me uh, in the past few weeks, or or maybe you you haven't listened to any episodes where I've talked about my uh, timeline and all that other shit. I was on felony DWI probation when I made the wise decision to become a heroin addict while on probation. Um, and you're like, how did you do that? Well, because I was on probation for alcohol, for DWI. So, and once I got really, once I got really hooked on heroin, I just did heroin. So they would, you know, I would, they would breathalyze in me all the time, but that doesn't matter when you're not drinking. So I was able to, you know, to do it. Now, what it also meant to be safe, quote unquote, and also because it all kind of timed into my probation was, you know, was like at the beginning of the month, also around the time I got paid. So, you know, and then I have bills. So at the end of the month, you know, you've got no money. So you can't buy more drugs. And also, you have to go into probation and you don't know if they're going to drug test you, your your monthly meeting. So I would, or actually it was every other month. When was that? It was every other month for a while. It doesn't matter. I, my memory is shit. Anyway, I would quit. I would quote unquote detox. I would uh, go through withdrawals from heroin every month. Then close to the end there, I would do it almost every, you know, it was, it was almost every week I would go through them like to the point where I almost got used to it. Like on a, like I knew what was going to happen. Uh, Cause you just, you know, it's awful. And then you just kind of get, you just kind of get used to how awful it's going to be. And, and you just, it's a, it's a terrible way to live, but because it was always, it was, it was for me, it was a 72, physically it was 72 hours and it just, it was, it was terrible. So that's what I know about, you know, going through withdrawals about how shitty it is. The thing is, is that heroin's withdrawals don't, there's not a risk of serious, uh, serious risk or death with heroin withdrawals you feel like it but as long as you're maintaining you know some kind of as long as you're you know maintaining your hydration you're all right the the two big things are alcohol and benzos that those two actually have depending on if you're you know everybody's health is different but depending on how you know how resilient your health is versus how big of a, a, a how much you consume how much your body is used to having all the time how heavy of a drinker you are 
there is a risk of hospitalization of like seizures and death with getting off of benzos or getting off of alcohol. It's a small risk, mind you, in the the grand scheme of things. But it's you know it's just something to be aware of. Uh, so you're going to see what I would do is. You know, this may be a little late for those of you who want to do. I'm on a detox at the beginning of the year. Maybe I should have done this in December. Too bad. Uh, but if you're going to do it again, um, I would definitely. There's a lot of information online. You definitely want to Google it. Um, a lot of people have put out information, especially because of the pandemic, um, their own experiences. Uh, I googled and, and looked around. Now, what the the problem is is that. Uh, if you just half-ass Google and just read some of the first few results that you can get, a lot of the information you get is just kind of vague information provided by uh, rehab centers that want you to pay them to detox there because that's how they make their money. So they'll tell you, hey, there's a risk of, hey, you don't want to die, though. You want to be very careful. You know, it's safer to do it at a detox center. Yeah, motherfucker, we don't have this kind of money. It would be safer as far, you know, if we had a health care that could cover detox that wouldn't cost us anything so that we could afford to take off of work to detox at a detox center safely. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Thanks for letting us know. Hey, you know what would be in a, you know in an ideal world what you would do? Yeah, I'd have my personal physician write me some prescriptions to uh, detox with. I'd be honest with them in a perfect world, and then just hand them a wad of cash. Go, thanks, bro, and then go home in my Rolls Royce to my house, and then sail in the yacht in the lake in my back. Yeah, yeah, okay. Thanks, man. Anyway. There's a lot. You can find some, like anything else, you can find out uh, uh, a lot of like details about what to stock up on and what to do when you're going to detox. But I can say for personal experience that if you're detoxing specifically to not start up again. You know, not not that you're doing. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a break and do a cleanse. Um, but if you're looking to get sober from this thing, and you and you need to detox, it's gonna take trusting someone. I would not do not do this alone, because if you get somebody else involved. That gives you, somebody's got your back. Somebody's watching out for you to make sure that you're all right. And, you know, and also there's a little bit of added pressure. You can't just say fuck it because somebody's there. You know? It's like a double whammy. That's that's my big takeaway. That's the big thing I wanted to say about detoxing is if you're going to do it and you want to do it right, don't half-ass your don't half-ass your detox. That's that's yeah, that's the big advice. Don't half-ass your detox. 
but seriously, yeah, make sure somebody's with you. You know, really commit to it, and uh, and and good luck to you. That's that's what I would I would recommend. So this is what we're going to do for. Um, by the way, this is what we're going to do for this episode. Is I talked about detox. I hope that was helpful. Now I'm going to bitch about something, and then I'll end the episode this week with some cool thing that uh, that I discovered about myself that uh, that was encouraging. All right, that way we end on a high note. This, this allows me to vent. I provided information in the beginning. Now I'll vent and then end on a high note. This all sounds like, this should be, this almost sounds like I sh- the format that I should do moving forward is start off with advice, then talk shit, then end with something positive. I don't think I'd, I'd actually follow that format, but that's, a, that's an idea for me to consider in the future, don't you think? Oh, maybe. Does it matter? All right, so here's what I need to vent about. And I know I've already brought this up at some point in the 184 episodes. I know I have. I don't remember when. So if this sounds familiar and like, hey, you've already talked shit about them, I'm doing it again. <clears throat> I work, the job that I work at is we rent plates, glasses, flatware, napkins, all these things, like high-end shit for private parties, weddings, that kind of stuff. Um, and some of our clients that we have are photographers doing photo shoots. And it's like these promotional things where they take, uh, instead of, a rack of 25 glasses where we can actually actually make money off of or you know a set of plates you know 20 to 100 to 200 plates or whatever where we can make money instead what they do is they take like a setting they'll take one of everything or they'll take um, you know four you know all the way up to six sometimes and they take them, you know, and then it, and, and the whole idea. But the thing is, is that what they do is they say, oh, well, you know, this is going to go into we'll we'll credit you and this will go on the on the gram or on our whatever publication or whatever our cat magazine, you know, bridal monthly or whatever kind of a thing. You know, in my shoot that I'm I'm doing that with all this other thing. See, you're donating it. We don't charge them, and they take a photo shoot because you know because it doesn't get dirty. So you know you just have to clean it real easily, like, and then just pull it. It's 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 you know, and it's a win-win. Except that they don't give us money, money, and. You know, it's for it's 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 for potential. It's like, oh, but it'll attract business because people will see it and go, oh, I like those glasses. Let me call that company and I'll pay them. So it's for exposure. And I know a lot about the do some work for exposure. Same with the entertainment industry. 
like actors and different people, Com- comedians. I know about the hey, it's good. It'll be good exposure for you. You know, which is just a nice way of uh, saving money. And the thing, and so it's it smells like bullshit to me. Potentially, it potentially could uh, could drum up business. But the thing that gets me about this is photographers who do this because they don't want to pay money. These are the same people that charge a fuck ton of money to take pictures of you. They charge a lot of money. And they all act like they're professional. But I don't think that they're professional. I think that some are. Just like comedians. I think that some are. There are some comedians out there who are like, I'm a comedian. What they really mean is they've been going to open mics where they sign up for free and have been doing three minutes once or twice a week for a few months. Then they ask their buddy who works at a tapas bar, hey, can I start a show at your tapas bar on Tuesdays? Do you guys... Do you guys have any business on Tuesday? No, Tuesday's real slow. Well, can I start a show there on the back patio at like 7 p.m. on a Tuesday when no fucking body's going to be there, but the comedians will be there and uh, maybe they'll buy food or drinks. They never do because they're cheap fucks. But maybe they will and you'll have all these people there and we'll bring in business. Okay, we'll try it out. So then they have a show. But nobody gets paid, but they can say that they have a show and they're like, I have a, I'm a comedian. I have a show, but they're not a comedian. Not really. I mean, technically, I guess they are. I'm doing comedy. I am a comedian. There's different levels of I'm a comedian. Well, there's different levels of I'm a photographer. So it's weird when photographers charge so much fucking money when they're not like critically acclaimed, when they're not like a higher level, like, a, like, do you, are you a photographer full time? No, no, this is like, it's my passion. I have a day job, but this is my passion. Well, why don't I pay you passion money? Why are you charging like you're a professional? Because Part of this is is ingrained in me because we had um, at our wedding we had we paid a someone who was a who was a professional photographer they said um, someone that we knew and then we had it at a friend's house out you know way out in the uh, way out by the on by the lake like out of town and he took photos the guy who owned the property took photos and his photos looked better by the way. Um, because there's a certain level I've, I've had you know, really close friends and, uh, and people that I've known who have been photographers who like one of them was a professional, by the way, uh, another one, it was, it was their passion. They actually had, a, they actually did like the, like the dark room, like actually used film. And the thing is, is that as of let's say my friend who was a professional it was like it was almost 20 years ago so i've so i've seen their pro, i saw their process what they had to do to actually edit each one and this is that was before 
Instagram. The thing is, the technology now has gotten so good that people who are open micer photographers can look professional because the camera does all the, or their phone does all the fucking work because the technology has advanced to this level. So why are you charging like you're a professional? And then you have the balls to want to do something for free. It's like, hey, how about exposure? You get exposure if you, you know, lend us your product. We're not going to pay you shit because, you know, I've tr- got to keep my my overhead down or whatever the fuck. So what a cheap, cheap fox. Don't let people charge you too much for taking photos. The technology has gotten to this level that you don't need to do that. Just... You know, find somebody, you know, don't let anybody, unless they're, you know, unless it's, <laughs> you know, unless they're Warhol, he's dead. I know. But unless you got somebody at that level, what are you doing? Pay for the level of, of professional that you want. If you if you want to pay a photographer, get a professional photographer. If you've got a friend that's got a side hustle, they better be giving you friends prices because they're full of shit. They're liars. They're all open mic photographers. There's there's probably less professional photographers than there are professional comedians. The rest of them are just fucking posers who post on the gram. They're like, oh, I'm a photographer. Yeah, we all are. We all have Instagram accounts. It's bullshit. There. I feel better. Okay, so let me uh, give you the the good news. So, at Christmas, I went. Uh, we went and visited, or my my father and uh, his wife Cindy came to visit. Uh, and my wife cooked dinner for us and stuff. It was great. And at some point, I don't know. I think. Uh, my wife was letting them know about um, this this funny thing that she's she's said about me about how you know and I what I thought was my control issues where I shoot down ideas that she has of anything because I fear change because I don't like it and so my initial reaction is to reject it and shoot it down. And then she's got to come back with reasons why. And then pretty much her, her biggest defense is, well, unless you have an alternative, you can't shoot down something unless you have an alternative to it. And that's way more exhausting is to come up with a better solution. So I usually just go, all right, let's just try what you wanted to do in the first place. That seems easier. Um, I thought that this was a thing that yeah I thought this was tied to control issues that I needed to work on as part of recovery that had to deal with me wanting to not uh, waver in emotions and you know I since I don't have alcohol or drugs to numb those emotions and uh you know so so it's kind of a protection i thought it was related to recovery and sobriety honestly because i don't remember being like this when i was you know before 
which before drinking was what when I was in school. Uh, so I don't know why, <laughs> but anyway. So we mentioned. So she mentions this, and Cindy, my dad's wife, goes, "Oh God, this one right here points to my dad. The same thing, always, you know, always shooting things down." And then I got to convince him to do it. And he ends up doing it. But he's always like, why? You know, it, to which my dad's defense was, hey, you should hear all the times I want to say something, but don't. Like he deserves a reward, which I guess for being a cranky old man, he really should deserve an award for sometimes not saying anything. Because <laughs> I remember him always saying something that he did when, when he... he uh, didn't particularly enjoy it. Uh, and and two things about that. Number one, fuck, I'm I turned into my I turned into my dad at the end, you know, eventually. I eventually turned into my father, even though I didn't uh, you know, I did things completely different. I'm still my I'm still my father's son. But it just kind of dawned on me that I was like, oh, this doesn't have anything to do with sobriety and recovery at all. This is just genetics. This is just what I was handed to. By nature, not nurture. This isn't nurture. This is nature. But it does mean I have to, you know, I can still work on it. But it's it's interesting how uh, you can just, any anything any little thing that uh, is like well this is a this isn't normal for me but it's like that's why pe- you know people go, go to therapy all the time who who don't have an alcohol problem everything in you know any kind of problems that you have yeah some you know, it's just human nature and it it just kind of dawned on me that it, it was nice to discover that oh this wasn't a side effect of sobriety or a lifestyle change that no, you're just a. This is just who you are. You're just a Raven man. This is who it is. You know, call my brother. Hey, do you also fear change? Why are you talking about this on the phone? You haven't even asked me how I am. Just answer the answer the question, James. Do you also fear change? Um, it's good. That means that any kind of like little doubt that I had that I'm like, maybe, maybe my recovery, maybe my sobriety is not going as well as I, I, you know, maybe I, I'm not doing it right. Cause you have this kind of thing and I'm like, am I doing my thing right? And it's like, well, yeah. Are you living your life? Are you doing all right? Have you thought about, you know, did you start drinking again? No. Did you buy heroin? No. Well then, yeah, John, thank you. are doing all right. It's, is nice. Is encouraging to realize. Oh, I'm just fucked. <laughs> oh, let's end on that. Aren't we all just a little fucked? This has been still sober with John Rabin. I appreciate it. Stillsoberpod at gmail.com. Any uh, questions or comments that are positive to neutral, and we will see you next week. Later. <laughs>